Welcome to Janelle Jones Empowerment Podcast. We're here to help you know, love, be, and live your dream life. We talk about reaching your dreams and all that's in between. We hope you enjoy the message. Janelle Jones with Janelle Jones Empowers, and you know what time it is. It's time for Girl, You Got This podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. I really, really appreciate it. Today, we're going to talk about what the F is fear. Recently, I released a book called F Fear, How to Unmask and Overcome Fear. The purpose of this book was to identify the many facets of fear and also fear itself. When it comes to the facets of fear, there are symptoms of the root of fear. All of them have some type of rooted belief in fear. When I looked into dictionary.com to define fear, it states that fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that some person or thing is dangerous and is likely to cause pain or be a threat. So I got two things out of this definition. The first thing is fear is an unpleasant emotion. Let's be real. Every human being faces and deals with fear. No one is exempt from this. Is how a person process, cope, and move forward from fear that makes or break them. The second thing I got was caused by the belief. So by the belief, you're thinking, what's your process, what's your thought, what's your mindset? Let me say that again. By the belief, what are you thinking? That some person or a thing is dangerous. So this is telling me that we need to do some mindset shifting when it comes to fear. Again, whenever you're feeling afraid, that does not mean there's anything wrong with you. It's how you move to the other side of fear that makes a difference. You start in your mindset and you begin to really use your mind to transition you to where you want to be. How many of us been in situations where we allow fear to completely debilitate us? An opportunity missed. We didn't start that business. We didn't get out that relationship. How many of us have been in something and we know that fear caused us not to move forward? I love hearing success stories about how a person took a leap. And they were able to reach their dreams and their goals. It's always astonishing to me. But I know that every person who did that had to overcome fear. They did it anyway, despite the fact that fear was there. So my question to you is, what have you or are you allowing fear to stop you from doing? There are many areas in our lives that we need to be far from that we should have grown a lot, but we've allowed fear not to take us there. Some of us is not moving or some of us are not moving because we are afraid that other people or people are not going with us. Some of them people don't belong there. 
Some of us are so comfortable being comfortable that we don't want to move. We're afraid of the uncertainty. Now, let me tell you, when I did my research in this book, most of the facets of fear had an uncertainty point in them all. The what if, the why would, the who wills, the do I belongs. The what ifs are so prominent in the uncertainty of the facets of fear and fear itself. Throughout this month and through May, we are going to focus on fear. Our goal or my goal is to help you identify and overcome them. There are things that you need to do and people you need to reach that you have not touched because you're afraid. And some of us hide behind so many different things, our family, our jobs, our church, our children, and we mask it in this fear. So we're going to rip that fear right off and we're going to say, what the F to fear? Because we have the power to overcome it. Make sure you check out F Fear on Amazon.com and just look under Janelle Jones Empowers and you'll be able to grab that book, okay? So remember, you have the power to overcome fear. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Janelle Jones Empowerment Podcast. Please be sure to visit our website, at JanelleJonesEmpowers.com. That's Janelle, J-A-N-E-L-L, JonesEmpowers.com. There you'll be able to sign up for free information to help you live out your dreams. Um, the promotion part of it, I'm hoping that at least, what is that, next week? So I'm yeah. hoping to have them at least ready by next, good good to go. So I'll start with Ashley's first because she's the, you know, the ring mm-hmm. leader. Mm-hmm. You know, she headed the, because I'm, so I'm going to ask her more questions. Yeah. And then, you know, all the other people who sign up, we go from yeah. there. So we're going to get started soon. I do start with my intro. So I'm going to go into my intro and then I'll introduce you and then, um, we get into the conversation and I'll, I'll poke and pry. Mm-hmm. So the questions that I do have, um, you know, are, you know, it's just a framework. So I'll probably ask more questions as we go. And I normally don't do, um, I normally don't do like interview podcasts with people. Like my podcast is, is just me. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of new for me, um, to do it with other people. So, but it's yeah. fun. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Just preparing you just- definitely preparing you for the next step so you know you have yes more, I'm mm-hmm, you have more guests and you know take your notes on okay well next time I know to do this or I like this this way yes. so I can keep that yeah yes 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 so it's like okay okay so I'm gonna get started so I'm gonna do my little intro and then we'll get started okay one two three Hey, y'all. Hey, it's your girl, Janelle Jones with Janelle Jones and Powers. And you are listening to Girl, You Got This podcast. Today, we're going to continue the Don't Struggle in Silence book series. We are here today with author Datarsha Davis, and she's going to get into her story very soon. Welcome to the podcast Tarsha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to, to be here. 
Awesome. We're so glad to have you, or I'm so glad to have you as well. So we're going to get into knowing more about you. So tell us about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a mom of two. I am a published author. I am a speaker. I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. I've been an educator for 16 years um, on the high school level uh, with a specialty in exceptional education. Um, I think that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Um, okay. Yeah, my daughters keep me very busy. Um, so we've just been here, <laughs> you know, doing this uh, extended break, um, baking and, um, you know, just keeping occupied. I get it. The Rona have us being very creative, right? And innovative right now and coming up with all kinds of definitely, stuff. <laughs> definitely so. <laughs> so Don't Struggle in Silence is a book headed by Ashley Pittman, where she took eight authors who tell their stories of pregnancy loss. This book will be available on Amazon May 20th. So I'm honored to have the opportunity to have these women come and share their testimonies about pregnancy loss. Um, pregnancy loss is one of those topics that's really not talked about. It's really one of those things that you don't hear a lot about. You know, many women experience it, but you're not sure what goes on, what happens, or even the healing process, which is why I'm so glad that we have authors like Detarsha here sharing her story. So tell us your story about pregnancy loss. So my pregnancy loss, I have, uh, I have three angel babies. Um, I, my first pregnancy resulted in an ectopic pregnancy or tubal pregnancy. Um, so it had to be terminated. Um, and so after that, I became pregnant with twins. I went into labor really, really early, um, which resulted in me losing my son. And then after, after that, I had a miscarriage, <laughs> maybe, um, two months into the, the pregnancy, I, I had a miscarriage. Um, so I've had many pregnancy losses. Um, the other side of that is I have two wonderful daughters um, as a result, but um, prior to those, yeah, I, I have three angel babies. Wow. You know, I didn't even hear the term of angel babies until um, this group began to talk about their pregnancy loss. And so that has to be devastating to lose those children. I can't even imagine, especially when it comes to the twins. Yeah. Um, how far along were you when you were um, when the babe, when your son actually passed away? I was 25 weeks. So I had just mm. crossed over. Um, the, the, the probably I just crossed the six month mark, um, and it's just so ironic because you know when you're pregnant, the 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 thing is people most especially family they'll tell you well you know don't tell anyone until at least after I want to say is it the eight week mark, and you know because mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of when you're a little out of the woods as far as miscarriages and, um, you know, early pregnancy loss. So um, 
once I did tell people and I didn't go shopping, I was like really, really anxious because I wanted to, you know, you, when you're pregnant, we, women, our mind goes from one to 100. Like almost the moment you find out you're pregnant, you're, you're thinking of names, you're online shopping for clothes. You don't, you know, you may not physically buy anything, but it's just those exciting moments that you live for, you know, getting out of the awkward phase where people are like, is she pregnant or does she just have a, really extended belly um so those types of things you look forward to and I was really looking forward to um shopping for my babies and once I turned you know like the day before I turned six months I actually went to Target and I did my baby registry because I was like okay well now is the time I'm out of the woods and then the next day I'm in the hospital in 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 labor Mm, wow so you were in a position where you were just like yes you know I made it and then boom. yes it's when you when you're finally wow. able to take that you really you're able to take that sigh of relief and then it just mm-hmm. snaps away in, in an instant and you're left understanding mm-hmm. why and then you know there was a lot of blame on myself because you know I had I, I started having contractions um, probably around maybe the fourth month. Um, so at this point, mm. I was I was already seeing a specialist because of having you know being pregnant with twins. So mm-hmm. I was put mm-hmm. on medication, and I was going to the doctor um, weekly. And so even while shopping in Target, I was having these contractions. But I'd taken my medicine, and I was like, okay, well, I go to the doctor Monday, so I I should be fine. I, I wasn't just immediately alarmed because I didn't know. This was my first, um, as far as I had gotten in the pregnancy. So I, I didn't know that maybe you should, you know, maybe I should just go ahead and go to the emergency room because I was already on these pills for having contractions. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I just need to, you know, get off my feet and, um, you know, take some of my pills and, and, and lie down and everything would be okay. Um, but it totally wasn't. Mm. Wow. And it's almost like that's when it just begin the events begin to take a turn. Um, so you actually deliver both of the babies at that 24 week mark, yeah. right? Yeah. I, um, okay. I ended up having an emergency C-section. Um, and when I awoke from surgery, um, they assured me that my, my little girl was fine, but nobody was mentioning my son. Uh, and at mm. that point, the alarms start going off. Um, and as a mother, I just, I deep down, I, I, I knew. I, but on the surface, I was just still trying to hold on to the hope um, that everything was fine and that he was fine. And then I was informed mm-hmm. the nurses did not even tell me. Um, I don't think they, um, I don't think they had the heart at that time to tell me. So actually, they when they asked me, they was like, "Well, do you want your mom and the rest of the family to come in?" And at that point, I I knew, I knew, mm. but I was just waiting on someone to verbally tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. Wow! So it's like I'm waiting for that confirmation for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, I'm sure you still had hope, yeah. like even though these things were happening, the hope was still there. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you can definitely learn more about her story and don't struggle in silence, um, the details of it and what happened. We're going to get into what may, what made you share your story of pregnancy loss with the world? Um, the, the fact that there was no one to share with me made me want to share with others. Um, no one knows what that feels like unless they've been through it. You know, people can sympathize, but unless someone has been through it, they can't. And even with that, everybody processes in their own way, but still just having um, someone else's story to kind of draw from and, and to, to get encouragement and strength from would have helped. Um, however, when I looked, I didn't find any. So mm. to avoid women feeling that the way that I felt in, in those moments uh, made me want to share my story. Mm-mm-mm. And I think that's amazing because you're saying um, you didn't find anyone from or to provide encourage and strength. Um, you're going through this moment in this time where you're sat and you experience a loss, you're going through a grieving process. And the one thing that you're looking for is hope, encouragement, and strength. And that was not, no, there was nowhere to be found. Correct. Um, mm. I, I, I think the Martadons offered, um, they had a, a, a support group, but I think that support group was geared more towards um, the living twin for, for being premature. Because mm, yeah, okay. rather than the death of an infant. I see. Wow. So it was more for the ones who survived. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And not for the, wow. And how was that? Like, did you, did you go to that support group? I didn't because it, it, it wasn't. Okay. I didn't feel it was what I, I needed. Um, Okay. During this, I mean, during this time, there were several ups and downs because you know I feel I felt in a way I felt guilty for grieving when I still had a child that was still living and needed me. You know, so mm-hmm. it was it, it 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 was very confusing, and mm. so I, the support I needed was support that was going to equally um, feed both sides of the grief of the loss and dealing with the uncertainty of the living twin who was now in the NICU. Mm. Wow. Wow. And then like the anticipation of that, like anticipating her hurrying up through that process of healing so you won't have to experience another loss. Correct. And then also dealing with your own loss. Yes. Of the other twin. Yes, because mm-hmm. even though I had the twin in the NICU, I'm still, I'm still holding my breath because, you know, first it is like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if she makes it through the night, then, okay, she made it through this night. Once she passed the one week, we're, we're okay. So then it's holding my breath waiting for her to pass the one week mark. And then it was holding my breath, waiting for her to, to get to two pounds because when they were born, they were a pound 
the, my son was a one pound, 10 ounces, and my daughter was one pound, seven ounces. And now mm-hmm. it's waiting for her to pick up weight to make it to the, you know, the two, the two month mark. I mean, I'm sorry, the two pain mm-hmm. mark. And then after that is holding my breath, waiting for her to come off all of these different um, ventilators and um, oxygen and all of these tubes that are connected to her. So it's, it's, it's everything was, was a waiting game until I actually got her home. Wow. And I'm, cause I'm trying to picture that. So you have the waiting game of one twin getting healed while still trying to process the grief of the other twin. Correct. That's so, a lot. Wow. So it was a full range of emotions. Um, there was there's anger, depression, um, in, in, in the midst of all of that, it is joy from celebrating the little games of the, the living twin um, and still, you know, having that grief from the one who, who, who didn't survive. Uh, so it, mm-hmm. it was just, it, it, yeah, it, it was a very, very trying time for, for me. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it was a thing where mm-hmm. I, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, um, I didn't want to eat, but I had to. I had to find the strength to be there for my other, my other twin. I had to be there for her wow. because she needed me. I didn't have time to wallow, even though wallowing was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful. Um, and that's, that's definitely challenging because it's almost like an outer body experience. Like I have to do two things at one time and it's like, and both of them are necessary, the grieving process and the being there for the other baby. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, when did you realize it was important to share your story? Um, when I first started my journey, um, something just said, write it down write it down, write it down. Mm-hmm. So from the moment I wanted to pursue motherhood, um, I started documenting my, my, my journey. Um, I didn't think anything would ever come of it, but I just started documenting. So um, once everything happened, at first I put it down because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be as open I didn't want people to know mm-hmm. my struggles. I didn't want um, I didn't want anyone to look at me with shame or with pity. Um, but then again, like I said, once I realized what I'd gone through could be medicine for someone else, I knew it was important to share. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was going to, mm-hmm. it was going mm-hmm. to help someone else heal then okay I'll I'll be that vessel which is a brave thing to do because a lot of people don't share a lot of people do not provide information about their story or they say this is I've been through this or this happened to me but they don't go through the process Mm -hmm. of the healing or exposing it or any of that so I commend you for being able to share your story because you're right Ultimately, your story will help heal other people who've been through the same thing as you have. Mm -hmm. And that is where the power comes in. You know, it's not 
we're not saying that the the experience was great because we know that it wasn't, but Mm -hmm. the experience have taught us a lot through our journey and we can use what it taught us to help heal other people. So I thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. And I think that's why (laughs) it was important for all of us to share because majority don't. Mm -hmm. You know, for us to be that that support that we wish we'd had is is powerful. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful and it's so needed. And it's just like, because it's a, it's almost like a taboo subject. Like we don't talk about pregnancy loss in whatever form that was. It's it's like a hush hush Mm -hmm. type of situation. It's like, we really need to begin to get this out because a lot of people are hurting Mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my next question to you is what do you want people to learn from pregnancy loss? Um, first and foremost, I want them to learn that it is okay. Um, it, it, it really is okay, and it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to remember um, that. And I think, you know, as we touched on, that's one of the things people don't, really want to talk about it and the only way you some, with some people the only way you know that they've gone through it is because you share your story and they say oh well yeah I had a miscarriage in such and such and I've had that to happen with some of my older family members when I went through mm-hmm. miscarriage or when I you know lost my son and that's oh yeah well I went through such and such or I had a miscarriage I lost between this child and that child and we had I had no idea you know mm, mm, because mm, mm, most of the time they don't share until you open up and share mm-hmm. you're right and most importantly like with you, what, what you're doing is not only sharing but providing that healing journey which a lot of people don't do mm-hmm. um, so that is where I am like okay yes this is a great book a great opportunity mm-hmm. because I think that most that the women in the book are not talking just about what happened to them mm-hmm. but also how they overcame what happened to them and that is where it becomes crucial with helping other people um, so tell us what is next for you what, what happens now what are you about to do uh, well, what's next for me is hopefully I can continue to write. I can, um, I will continue to inspire. Um, I will continue to speak as, 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 as much as I can um, about my journey. Um, you know, um, the other thing is I do have a, I started it probably when I said I looked for a support group and there was none. I started an online support group on Facebook. It's called Empty Cribs. Um, mm. Yeah, it's still fairly, you know, fairly new, but it is it is there, and it's meant for. I created it because you know there are times when, like, we have Mother's Day just passed, and if I have a moment, you know, it, it may be a time where I just need to vent, you know. And other people may not understand that, but if I have this support group, I can go on there and I can vent. And it's, it's just to, to form a, a bond, a sisterhood for those who have lost, um, you know, an infant or who have lost a pregnancy 
you know, just to say, hey, I, I, I need a little support today. I, you know, I'm a little down today or I had a moment today and I, I just need to, to vent. So mm-hmm. I created Empty Cribs to be that platform. Um, I also did a, and this was maybe a couple of years ago, um, mm-hmm. I did a, it was called Rainbow of Angels. And what Rainbow of Angels was, it was a day in October, which is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Month. So women or families who have lost, you know, a child or a pregnancy would come together and just kind of remember those children. Um, So I do plan on picking that back up because I think it is Mm -hmm. very important for us to have just a day to come together and say, I remember, you know, this child was real to me, whether I got to meet the child or not, it was important to me, you know. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. This child was real and, 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 and I will always remember. So it was just a remembrance, a, a, um, a program of remembrance. Okay. And I think that's very excellent. I think like the empty cribs, that is an amazing idea. Um, I was talking to one of the ladies yesterday. She was talking about the lack of resources for African-American women who've dealt with, you know, pregnancy loss. And I was like, I didn't even realize that. Like, you know, going through this whole process is just like very eye-opening to me because you don't realize how many people just toss it under the rug and really need to deal with that grief and having empty cribs as a support group and having the rainbows and you said in angels, rainbow rainbow of angels, Mm -hmm. rainbow of angels, um, where we identify and acknowledge those children that we lost Mm -hmm. as a way to help us heal and grow Mm -hmm. from this experience. And I think those are awesome groups. So I'm looking forward to see like the growth of those, both of those groups Mm -hmm. in the future. Cause I think they're not only brilliant ideas, but they are absolutely needed. And what I'm learning, especially in the African-American community. So I think that, those are great ways to provide support and healing for all those who suffer from a pregnancy loss. And then how can people follow you? Tell us where you are on Instagram or Facebook or any of your social media platforms, or if you have a website, like tell us all your information. Okay. So I'm new to social media. So for right now, I'm only on Facebook. (laughs) Um, And so uh, you can find me on Facebook at Natasha Davis. Um, in the future, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll think about Instagram. I'm not too sure. I'm still on the fence about it. <laughs> but for sure, mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook. Uh, listen, I, and I'm going to tell you how new I am to Facebook. I think I just I just got on Facebook like in uh, 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um, um, but um, <laughs> even, even crazier, than, crazier than that, I just got cash out maybe two maybe two, three weeks ago. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm still, uh, I'm slowly getting indoctrinated into social media. Social media. Mm-hmm. I think that when you begin to, though, um, for the Facebook groups, especially um, when you, um, once you begin to um, grow, get into that, I, I, I have no doubt 
that your um, empty cribs group will grow because like I said, it's, it's very needed. And this is a topic that's so taboo mm-hmm. um, to me, at least, um, mm-hmm. where it's like people are just not really talking about it. So I'm glad that Ashley did this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that would definitely grow. And I, so and I, make sure y'all check the... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, and I was going to say yes, and I thank you for platforms like this because um, Empty Cribs, you know, right now it is it's, it's low in number. But I, I, I realized that's because on Facebook, um, I don't have many friends who have experiences, experienced the loss that I have experienced, or they may not be quite ready to expose that. Therefore, they're not ready to join groups like this and, 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 and open mm-hmm. those wounds. So in order mm-hmm. to have different platforms where women from different states are able to hear, and they're like, ah, okay, so here's somewhere I can go when I need when I need support and that's, that's, that's the key. Um, Cause like I said, in the African-American community, so many things are taboo. Um, when mm-hmm. I started my journey, I was first told that I suffered from um, unexplainable infertility. And mm. infertility is definitely something that was not addressed in the African-American community. Mm-hmm. All, all the posters that we would see, all the commercials on TV that dealt with infertility, we always had our lighter shade brothers and sisters on, on, in those commercials or on those billboards. Um, so mm-hmm. in the African-American community, it was not talked about. And so um, I had no support in that, in that instance either um, because it's, it's, it's not talked about and then I think stereotypes of black women play into that because we are looked upon as being strong we're looked upon as being fertile um so to to have to be diagnosed with unexplained infertility I definitely Mm -hmm. my first reaction was shame Because it mm-hmm. wasn't widely talked about. You know, it's more talked about now than than opposed to ten years ago. But uh, it's still definitely one of those taboo topics in our community. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think you said a big word there, shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is one of the things, like you said. We have somehow been taught that there's so many things that we cannot get help with. And if we do as a, as a community, then something is wrong with us mm-hmm. and it breeds that shame. Mm-hmm. So I think you hit the, the um, hammer right with the nail mm-hmm. when you're exposing that shame and just saying it's OK. Mm-hmm. Like you said, one of the things that you said um, when you talked about what one of the things you want them to learn, it's OK. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it is okay, and it's very crucial to your journey. Mm-hmm. It, it it is um, because I think you know, in telling people it's okay, you think if you talk about it or tell someone about it, they're going to think something is wrong. You're automatically going to be judged. Yes, um, and you know, no one wants that. So a lot of things we keep bottled up, and so that's mm-hmm. just you no, know, it's it's okay. You will, you will find a like spirit, um, you know, and you will, people are more accepting and understanding than what you realize. Sometimes you just have to open up. Mm-hmm. 
And you also have to understand that there's liberty in sharing your story. Yes. That you never know who you can help by telling your truth. Exactly. Yes. Well, I thank you so much, Detarsha. I hope that you got all this information. This is some good information. The empty cribs, all that stuff. I'm hoping that maybe I'll compile some type of list once we finish with the interviews to show you all the resources that you're able to complete when it comes to pregnancy law so that you can join these ladies in their um, expertise in the healing process of pregnancy laws. So again, don't struggle in silence. I am a victor will be released on Amazon May 20th. Please make sure you pick up your copy as soon as it's released and support these ladies in their journeys. So thank you again for tuning into girl. You got this. And remember we're continuing the journey on the don't be silent or don't struggle in silent book. Thank you again for tuning in. I'll see you soon. Okay. All right. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Um, and if you start doing guests, because I, I, I like the title of your podcast, and I mm -hmm. think my sister would be someone great for you to, um, to interview. Um, mm -hmm. She is the mom of two boys. She's, mm -hmm. she's divorced. Um, and she had a really, really hard time um, accepting divorce because, you know, my mm. mom's not married. So we, um, and currently I'm not married, um, but so much emphasis was placed on marriage and, and her not wanting to be a single mom. She, um, so she, she married her kid's father. Um, it was not a healthy relationship at all. Um, mm. It wasn't physical abuse, but it was financial abuse and it was verbal abuse. Um, so she left when she was pregnant with her second son. And mm -hmm. uh, for her, that was almost one of the hardest things for her to do. Because, you know, as I said, so much is placed on marriage and then when you when you when she had to leave that she felt shame she felt mm. defeated um she's it's depression and so it's taken her a while to get to the place where she is now and realizing that leaving was the best thing she could do for herself and for her boys oh okay Wow. Yes. So does she still struggle? Like, like what's her main struggle? Is just like, is it the shame she felt or the guilt she feel for making that choice to leave? Yes. And then, um, okay. you know, the oldest son is now, I was landed. my baby's nine, so he's eight, seven, uh, seven, I think. Yes. And, you know, it's still having to deal with that guilt every time he's like, Mom, why do you take us from daddy or mom? Mm. You know, so it always puts her back in that mind frame of, did I make the right choice? Mm -hmm. So it's not like she's dealing with a lot of guilt. Like, still, um, I'm trying to think, like, what? I'm trying to think. I'm, so this is where it becomes a challenge with me because I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, how can I, like, connect with her to heal from that because it's just like 
you know what I mean? Like, um, how do you get her to feel like she did, she made the right choice? Like, how do we, you know, do we, do we, if she, if she does a podcast, do we talk to her about the guilt of divorce? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Or would you say? She's very open. So if you if you okay. call her and talk to her, like, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to talk about? She's, you know, she's mm-hmm. very, she'll tell you. <laughs> she'll tell you. you know, okay. She, she's really sweet spirit. She, you know, so uh, she's 32. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think you would enjoy a conversation with her. Even if you talk, even okay. if you just talk to her and decide not to go through with the podcast, I think you you would really enjoy talking to her. Okay. Yeah. Like, can you send me her information? Yeah. You want me to? What you want me to send me? <laughs> you can just email it to me, and then I'll um, I'll have a conversation because I think like I'm trying to think of other things. Of you know, like I'm gonna do like in the future and mm-hmm. to build build out the brand and talking to women and encouraging women and going from there. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, I I would definitely have a conversation with her. Yeah. Um, let me yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you heard my look. They're excited because I told her, I said we're gonna put your ma- we're gonna put your clothes on and we're gonna put your mask on and we're gonna go to Walmart and they're like <gasps> <laughs> Walmart, yes, yes, that's funny. Anything out of the house, anything out the house, they're like yes because you know they've been mm-hmm. and you know, um, just anything to get out the house, they're just like gung ho about going. So. I un- listen. I understand. I'm telling you, it's just it's been like, oh my god, when is this gonna be over? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they are like, they are ready. Okay, okay. So it should be coming through. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Okay. So okay. yeah, I'll give her a call um, just to see how or which platform to put her on, um, and then we we'll just go. For- just go from there, like with it, with all that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Let me know. Um, let me know if you have any other questions. Um, again, oh, I do have another um ask. Can you send me like a professional picture or a picture? You don't have to be professional. Just a picture of you. So when I do start promoting um the podcast, I actually have that and I can put it in with this. Okay. Okay. All right. And then if you have it, so once I do have everything, like I won't edit a lot because I, I think it's a clear, mm-hmm. a clear one on here. Um, and then I'll send that to you. I'll share it, you know, out to my social media platforms. Um, and then also I have an like email list. I'm going to share it out to the email list. I want to do something else. I have to figure out what that would be. I think it'd be dope like to do something else with this group of women. Mm-hmm. I know that Ashley's probably is planning the live event too. Um, and then continuing the, the, the course of it. Cause I don't want it to get lost. Like, you know, like a lot of times, cause you like being, being an author, a lot of times it'd be like, um, we got the book and then for three months, you know, Mm-hmm. it's cool then we settle down and then you know we forget all about all that stuff so mm-hmm. really want to get Cause where then, we are go ahead yeah because actually like this is my second um my second book like the first I mm-hmm. think the first one I did was strictly it touched on 
so many things. Um, of course, the, the, the center of it was, was child loss. Um, mm-hmm. But it also talked about um, me establishing a relationship with my father, who prior to uh, losing my twins, I hadn't seen or talked to in like 18 years. So, wow. Yes. So it kind of deals with forgiveness um, um, and, and, and building a relationship, a true relationship with him. So it touches on a, 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 a great number of things. And I'm hoping to re-release it. I just have to figure out how to do it because the first company mm-hmm. I use, um, I think I use Zulon Press, which is like a Christian publishing company. Um mm-hmm. However, I did not do enough research on self-publishing because I did not realize, well, most, if not all, of the legwork was going to be on me. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) so I really wasn't prepared on the back end for what I needed to do and get done. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to kind of, you know, get myself together and get myself established. And then re-release it because another thing I did, I used a um, a pen name instead of my real name. So I mm. want to go back and fix all of that, and then and then re-release with a different company. So okay, yeah. So those are the things I'm kind of trying to trying to get into uh, on top of working a full-time job when school is in session. And mm. and dealing with the nine year old and a, a a very demanding five year old. So wow, yeah, that's that's challenging. And I think that so you so you don't want to self publish it. You want to just like go through another company to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm not opposed okay. because well, what? Ooh, excuse me. Um, one thing, what dealing with Ashley, it, it tells me that is about the connection you have with whomever you want to deal with at the publishing company um, mm-hmm. and getting all the little tips on what to do and how to market um, those type of things. I think with the other com- the company I went with at that time, you know, they put in the thing for the IBN number and they, um, you know, put it, of course, put the book on, on Amazon and all the different um, platforms. But other than that, that, that kind of was like, that was it. So, um, as way uh, as way of promotion and all of that, there was really none of that included in the package that I purchased, which I thought it would be. But um, so yeah, in the future, I'm looking into um, republishing with a different company because you know, before I start, before I did self publishing, I wanted to you know you know do what you do. You you look for an agent and try to do all this other stuff, and none of that. Okay, girl. Okay, we ready? We ready. I'm like, what is going on? But it was like, I mean, I use my. And so it's like, you know, it connects the iPhone. So it's like, girl, so I had to sit through my phone phone. Okay. Oh, girl. <laughs> so you're going to have to cut some of this recording out, the beginning part? Yeah, I, so I, I'll go back and edit it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So actually, uh, like, I'm like, woo, I just got off the phone with a client. She just, she's interesting, but she's all right. <laughs> she just, Aren't they all? Aren't they all? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, she's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, girl. Okay, just breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Just breathe. So, when do you normally like? When were you? You'll edit it and then put it on air or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, I did you, Ashley. Adriana and Detarsha and I'll do myself too um, and then I'll post them you know okay each individual with everybody's name mm-hmm. so my, mm-hmm. I have a VA um, she's creating a flyer for me okay. now and so excuse me she I really had to edit uh, I think Detarsha no Adriana's because we were on Zoom and I I didn't really like using Zoom, okay, because it clicks in and out. That's why I was like, this is stupid. But yeah, it's okay. So I so what we're on now is the Anchor app where the, the podcast is hosted. So I'd like to do I like to do that. Yeah, I'm um, more familiar with Anchor. A little bit more familiar with Anchor. Yeah, so I'm like I like it because I think you can. It's more clarifying. So just make sure you spell um, your name right. I did, girl. <laughs> I was like, this is how you spell that? I was like, let me go back and look at these people's name before. Uh, well, not yours. Cause I was like, it's this. I'm like, okay, girl, okay. Well, but, you know how to spell my name before for all the, um, just for like my speaking stuff. I like it to look like my Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they can find you. Yeah, it's just so a different look. At it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, girl. So, um, so how the setup go? I am going to change some of these questions because I did get like Ashley stole my questions. <laughs> but it's, it's all good. It's all good. So I'll ask you some different. Um, well, they're not that same. They're not as as similar. So you know, I'll tell you about yourself. I sent you the questions before, so I'll tell you about yourself, and then I'll ask briefly share your story, and then what made you share your story, your pregnancy loss, when did you realize it was important, blah, 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 blah. But some of the things I'm going to do with you um, is also like this would be a, like a small introduction of who you are. Um, okay. So when like we talk about, tell us about yourself. Um, I want you to like get into like, you know, I, I've been through like, I kind of were saying last night, but also tell like what you're doing futuristically. So okay. say I'm a speaker, you know, but I'm an international speaker. Um, um, and I know you do something like, you know how you were doing like your healing, um, like helping people heal, like, like talk about that stuff, like what you're doing, like not like I'm a speaker, but I um, help mentor people or some yeah. word. Where you actually help people like to heal and um, deal deal with brokenness because I know that's your your thing like dealing with people who were broken like yeah. so talk about that when I actually um, we just you know flow like we flow when you be over here talking yes and I'll be able to run my mouth um, so <laughs> that's okay that's what we do yes so it's gonna be cool so I am going to. Um, so we'll, I don't got a whole bunch of time, but I have an 11 o'clock appointment. So okay. we're going to, um, so what happens is I'll start with my intro, um, and then we'll get mm-hmm. into, so it's Shirley Elise, Shirley Elise, right? Mm-hmm. Shirley Elise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Girl, everybody's <laughs> like, everybody's yeah. different. Be like, girl, that ain't how I say it. So then we'll start with that. If we, um, I don't normally edit my podcast like that. I love the human interaction. If we mess up and 
I'm not looking for perfection, so if we oh, mess up, mm-hmm. I normally don't. That's like, right up my Edit mind. that down. Yeah, I'm like, you know, we just <laughs> unless we make it like a big error, then I'll go back and and fix it. But other than that, I won't. But anyway, and if we do make a huge error, then I'll like um, wait ten seconds and then go back and go from there. Okay. That's okay. That's All right. So I'm gonna say my intro, then we're gonna get started. Okay. Um. Hey, hey, now it's your girl Janelle Jones with Janelle Jones and Powers, and you know what time it is. You're tuned into Girl. You got this podcast. We're doing the Don't Struggle in Silence edition. I am so happy to present to you Miss Shirley Elise. We're going to get to know all about her. Shirley, thank you for being a part of Girl. You got this podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Janelle. So I love all the authors in this book. I think it's such a dynamic book, but I have to say that Shirley and I have been friends for 18 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maurice is 18. So 18 years. So we've been friends for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I am very honored to have you here um, and being a part of this project and sharing your story. Um, One of the things that I love about uh, Shirley, this pregnancy loss is just an aspect of it. She'll get into details about who she is, but her story is so phenomenal. Like just a really great story of coming back and overcoming, surviving and winning. And Shirley's going to tell you all about that in this podcast. First, we're going to learn a little bit more about Shirley. So Shirley, tell us about yourself. Absolutely. Okay. So, well, Janelle, you know, so you know a lot about me <laughs> more than <laughs> more than most. So, um, but yeah, so I, um, I recently just turned 40. I'm welcoming me to the 40 club. Um, <laughs> yes, I am 40 now. Thank God. I never thought that I would um, live to see 40, to be honest. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, it's not something that I walk around talking about. But um, just a little bit about me and my background. Um, I grew up in um, foster homes. Um, I grew up uh, just from different, not just one foster home, but I lived in multiple homes. And um, one of the main reasons why I was in a foster home is just from a lot of sexual trauma. Um, mm. I want to say from like um, starting at the age three and the sexual trauma goes all the way to age 27. And most people don't know that either, even in my family, that's just not something that we talked about. And it, and it wasn't like a shame thing or a fearful thing. It's just for me, everything just has its, its, its right timing, you know, and it has to be um, purpose-based for me. It's just not something that I just want to walk around talking about, but I want that, you know, there has to be a healing process. There has to be a closure and I have to be able to help other people. I don't want to just, you know, just talk about it just to be talking about it. So, um, but going back, you know, um, just growing up in different foster homes and then every foster home that I was in, the sexual trauma continued in every single home. So I finally got to an age, you know, I just got to a point where telling you know, just telling people was just like, what's the point? Because all I'm going to do is go to another home and the same thing is going to happen again. So from there, you know, it just created a cycle in me. Um, It just created this mentality of, you know, if this is what my, um, my biological mom would allow to happen to me, because there was a time when I actually told her what was going on. And she just looked at me and she said, no, it's not go back downstairs and play. You know, and I remember that line like it was yesterday, you know. And so from there, I always struggled with 
if anything that I say, could I be telling the truth? Because no one believes me anyway. So, you know, you just struggle with that internally. Um, and then I went, you know, there was a time when we had to go to court and the judge, you know, had asked her, you know, or told her, if you want your children back, you need to get rid of, your, you know, your husband. And they asked her what she would do, what she would pick, and she picked him over us. So, you know, there from there, rejection began to, you know, to um, infiltrate my little mind at the time and my little heart. But um, growing up, you know, it was just this thing of, well, this is just how life is supposed to be. You know, you just and I just began to go out there, had an extremely promiscuous lifestyle, you know, just. And even in moments where I hate, you know, there were years where I just hated it. I hated living that way. Um, I would often cry, you know, in the middle of sex and different things like that and play it off, you know. And I just I, I just got to a point where I'm like, maybe this is all I'm good at. This is what I was created to do. There's nothing else to do because it seems like this is the only thing that I was like a magnet. It just seems like that's the only thing that was drawn to me. And I just never really understood what that was about, you know, I never, I never understood it. And then you had, I had times where, you know, eighth grade, I went to a house party and I got raped at the house party, you know, and then my senior year of high school, one of my, she was supposed to be a, a best friend of mine, you know, she set me up um, to get raped. And then at the age of 27, a man that I was dating, um, he put a gun to my head and told me if I ever left him, you know, that he would kill me and he, he raped me there. So my whole life has just pretty much been this, this cycle of sexual trauma and sexual abuse and, and what have you. Um, and it was just something that, you know, I could never really process or understand. And then I went through a season where I wanted to use sex as a weapon, you know, it's like, okay, you hurt me with this you with this and all this why all this time you know the enemy puts it in your mind that you know you are in control and whatever but what what he doesn't let you know is that you know soul ties are created and you're given a part of yourself you know one you know the bible talks about sexual sins and you know when we commit them we are sinning against our own self you know and it was just a lot of mental stuff you know here i am thinking i'm abusing men you know, I'm in control. I pick and choose when, how, who, where, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm in control, you know, when in reality, I was just this angry, broken woman, you know, giving myself away more and more to all these different people. And the numbers were beginning to increase. And, and it just was creating an emotional, um, a horrible psychological and emotional just breakdown in my life. Um, so then from there, you know, God begins to walk me through some things. My first marriage, I ended up getting married because I didn't want to live that way anymore. I wanted to be protected. I got tired of the abuse and I went through a phase where actually a lot of my life, I had a fear of saying no, you know, because if you say no, it's going to happen anyway. So you might as well just give in. So you just go through all these different things that a lot of people don't understand. They just think, okay, you're a hot girl, you know, you out here and it's just like, there are some women who want to be like that, but there are a lot of men and women who don't want to be. And they just come from this foundation of brokenness and whatever's instilled to you as a child. If it's not corrected at an early age, you know, it begins to develop into this emotional and psychological monster, you know, and um, it takes on a life of its own. And that's what had happened with me. And so from there, you know, I just decided I'm going to get married. I mean, I really love the guy. I cared about him, but I wanted to get out of that life. I didn't want to live that way, you know. And, of course, that marriage, it, the foundation wasn't right, so it didn't last, obviously. Um, and then 
more rejection, more brokenness. So then after that divorce and I lost several children within that marriage, um, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, then I went on to, you know, get married again. That marriage, it was a celebrity marriage. It only lasted about two or three months. It was turned into a physical altercation. And so I got out of that one. And then, as you know, I got, <laughs> I got married again. And I was just like, okay, God, this time I thought I heard you. You know, I thought I was doing the right thing. And, you know, just the emotional and mental abuse and, and physical abuse. And I just had to walk away, you know. And so um, all those, you know, I just really believe that a lot of my, um, just a lot of, just my, at least with the first two marriages, a lot of my, um, what I had endured as a child, you know, kind of just turned into a lot of wrong decisions um, earlier on in my life. Um, and then outside of that, you know, not only did I lose four children before they were born, then and then on top of the three divorces, and then, um, then I ended up facing a, a cancer battle, which I recently overcame. Um, it's going on two years now that I've been cancer free, thank God. Um, and now, you know, I am just, um, I just became a best-selling author this morning. We just found out. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Yes. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to Ashley K. Pittman. She is such an, she is, she's just amazing. And actually, I mean, I thank God for the whole, um, for the entire, the entire opportunity, but it actually came from you, you know, just your obedience, mm. listening to the Lord. And it's like, you know what? I think you have a story to tell. And so mm-hmm. everything flowed from there. Great relationships have formed because of this, um, because of this book. And I've met a lot of amazing people. And I know there's more people that I'm still going to meet that are, are, I'm sure are going to be amazing, but this whole project has been wonderful. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. And thank you, Janelle, for thinking about me. Well, I, I know it was, it was so God. Um, I remember sitting at a, in a church and it was just like, you Shirley needs to tell her story. During a funeral. And of all places. During the funeral. <laughs> I was like, okay, God. And then as she had closed up, closed up the um, spots, like, you know, it was like, okay, I got these people. And I, I um, have reached out and said, hey, you know, I have someone that I think will be interested or I think will be good for this book. Right. Is it too late? And she said, well, who is it? So I gave her the information and then it was the rest is history. One of the things, yes, one of the things that I absolutely love about Shirley is her openness. Um, I don't care where we are. She don't, she just say whatever it is. And she's absolutely hilarious. Like you would just (laughs) never think the stuff that come out her mouth, you just crack up laughing because she is just so funny. But the thing is, she shared openly, not just the funny stuff, but the very personal stuff. And as you heard her story of the sexual abuse, the sexual trauma, just going there, you understand her glory. Okay. One of the things that God told me to do many years with Shirley was to love her. And it was interesting because we were like, I was a baby in Christ because we met at Mm -hmm. church. I was a baby at Christ and I didn't know what was going on, but I connected with her and God was like, you just love her. And whatever that meant, you know, I didn't know what that meant, but I I did. And we're still in a a friendship, you know, 18 years later. So I thank God for that. Me too. The, I want to say thank you for sharing your story and not just about what I know we're going to get into the pregnancy loss, but the sexual abuse and trauma that came with that and the promiscuity and the results of uh, being sexually assaulted and feeling empty. I mean, you know, some of this goes back to um, the adoption and all that, the foster care, like it's so much trauma 
that dates back to when you were such an early child. And Shirley has multiple books that she's writing um, and that's going to be out there. So be on the lookout for her. But just to share that part of your story and just to say, you know, I got married for the wrong reasons. But, you know, one I thought was right, it didn't work out, but I'm still moving. And um, to be able to move. And I know like sometimes we want to be validated or, you know, whatever. But to say, I don't it's hard sometimes we don't say we don't care what people think we move as if we don't but you're still moving you're still standing and you're still going and I am so proud of you for that so I want to just take a moment to say thank you for the bravery of sharing not just your story about pregnancy loss but your story about the sexual trauma and I know let me tell y'all she she's gonna have so much coming out so y'all be on the lookout for her now you're welcome and the Don't Struggle in Silence, is, the book is released May 20th. I want you to t- briefly share with us your pregnancy loss story. Sure. Um, so like I had mentioned um, a little bit earlier, I actually lost four children um, before before they were born. The first time I was pregnant, I was in my early 20s, and I didn't even know. And it was, those were twi- I had twins, and I didn't know until I went to the bathroom. And when I used the bathroom, there they were. Um so that didn't really have too much of an effect on me because at the time I had, I just had a lot of female issues anyway. So I wasn't even certain that I could even um, get pregnant. Um, but then the last two pregnancies were with my my first husband. Um, the last pregnancy I lost on Father's Day, um, and that was a, a tubal pregnancy. But the pregnancy, the mm-hmm. first pregnancy that we lost was the one that's very, um, very prominent to me because it was a little girl. And um, we called her Yanni, and that was her nickname for short. And um, anyhow, she was um, she was actually named after her father. Her father's name was Jonathan, but in Hebrew they pronounced it Jonathan. So we named her Jonathan after her dad, and then we would call her Yanni for short. So that's just where we kind of got that whole thing from. But anyhow, she was um, she would be nine this September, I believe. Yeah, nine this September, and. Um, what happened was my, you know, my doctors had said, you know, I went in for my ultrasound. Um, I was excited to even be pregnant because I didn't even know that I really could get pregnant. And then, um, um, you know, I just figured the first one with the twins, losing the twins, that was just some little fluke and, you know, whatever. So I don't know. But this, when I, when this happened, you know, we had went to the altar, you know, my, my pastor at the time was doing a powerful service. And I remember thinking in my head while he was just talking, he, he was saying, you know, how before he just really felt the presence of God. And he's just really believing, sensing that there are women and men here who are believing God to conceive and have children and whatever. And he said, he's only done it one other time years prior to where he would call you know, when he called people down to the altar, laid hands and whatever, they all the women that went down conceived. And so in my head, I was just like, I was thinking to myself as he was talking, but before he even started talking about the pregnancy stuff, I said, if if he starts talking about pregnancy um, and people believe in God to conceive, I, I am going to go down there, you know, and then all of a sudden he starts talking about that. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And I said, OK. And then when he, he said it, he said, anybody believe in God to conceive, run down to this altar. And I started thinking people were looking at me because I think that's just something that they mm. do with newlyweds. It's just like, I know y'all gonna have a baby. It's like, man, can we celebrate, you know, being newlyweds first? But. But I, but I was, I was believing God to, you know, have children at the time and was, I was kind of embarrassed at first because I didn't like the attention, you know, I think because I was a little Mm. older, 
you know, I wasn't, and it wasn't older to me, but in society, you know, most people that I know, everybody was having kids at 17, 18, 20, you know, whatever. And here I am 30 years old, you know, however old I was at the time. And I'm just like, you know, so everybody's looking at me like, you don't have a kid by now. I know you believe in God to conceive. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little embarrassed at first, but then I was just like, man, whatever. So my husband grabbed me by my hand and we went down there or whatever. And it was such a traumatic, I mean, the moment, I mean, you just had to be there to see what all transpired. But anyhow, fast forwarding, um, I ended up conceiving maybe about a month later after that. And, um, and that's exactly what he had said. He said, anybody believing God to conceive. And that's, that, that was such a powerful point for me because I'm a word person. And when I spend time with Mm -hmm. the Lord, I'm very, God is very specific, you know, and he's a word person as well. You know, he doesn't use words loosely like we do or slang them or, you know, different things like that. He's very, what he says, he means what he means. He says. And so at the time for me, um, that was one of the things that helped me get through my loss is because, you know, the Lord reminded me, you know, what the man of God had said. He said, anybody believe in a conceive, he said, surely you did conceive. You did. I didn't promise you that you would have a child, but you, you were believing mm-hmm. to conceive and you did. And, and so I did. So that helped me, you know, um, but anyhow, as I go into get my my first ultrasound, um, you know, the the technician, she just looks at me and she's like, I have, I'll be right back. I've never seen anything like this before. And I'm just like, oh, OK, you know, whatever. So the doctor comes in and she she was so rude and inconsiderate. Um, and, mm. and she was so quick. She just did, looked at the ultrasound and then she just looked over at me and she said, Basically, she just said, you know, your baby's not in the right spot. Um, you're going to have to make a decision to terminate. Here's a box of tissues. I'll be outside when you're ready. And I was like, and I just stood there. And I mean, I was just, I just froze. And I was just like, I'm not a very, I'm dramatic and dealing. Well, you know, Janelle, I'm dramatic every day. Just making people laugh is what I like to do. But when serious things happen, I'm, I'm very mellow. You know, I don't freak out. Mm-hmm. I don't get, you know, because I like to process things. And I think because I've been through so much in my life, so many traumatic moments, I've just learned to just, just let's just see what's going to happen, you know, instead of just freaking out. So I remember, you know, I did kind of start crying and I was just like, no, I'm so tired of bad news because my whole life has always been rejection, loss, pain, something is always being taken from me. So I'm just like, God, this is so annoying. You know, so I'm just thinking like, well, lady, if the baby is in the right spot, can't you put it back in the right spot? I mean, in the wrong spot, can't you put it in the right spot? You the doctor, you know, but, but then I started thinking at the same time, well, this is my child. So if it's in the wrong spot, I I know it, it because it's me. So of course it'll be in the wrong spot. But, um, you know, when I finally, she was like, you know, you can go home, but if you have any pain, you need to come right back. And I was having some weird back pain and they called me back in. And when they did all these other tests, they were like, listen, your baby is connected mm-hmm. to your baby is outside of your uterus connected to your main artery down your right leg. They had never seen this before. They were calling doctors from all over the country um, here in the U.S. And they were calling doctors from other countries, you know, outside the U.S., um, I mean, other countries. And so they were like, we don't know what to do. They found several cases in other countries, like third world countries where women have had this. And this is what they're telling me. Um, women have had mm. this, but, you know, of course they didn't survive. Um, and they were like, you know, we don't know what to do, but we do know that you're a ticking time bomb. And as the baby gets bigger, it's pressing on your artery. And you're, I mean, you're going to explode from the inside. And they were like, you're going to have to terminate this pregnancy and you're going to have to do it quick. 
And so um, I just, I, I, you know, um, my pastor was so supportive and, you know, everybody was pretty much telling me you need to go ahead and do this. People were in tears because, you know, we don't believe in, you know, terminating pregnancies or stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's just our belief. And, um, but my pastor was so reassuring. He said, you know, the Bible is very clear about preserving the life of the mother. He said, you can have another baby, but we can't have another you. And I, and I, and I did mm-hmm. understand that. And I, that was so heartfelt. He's such a genuine person, you know, but for me, it was real personal. Cause I'm like, I'm a mom, you know, and it's like, I'm supposed to protect this child from anybody and anything, even in the development stage, you know, and it, and it mm-hmm. wasn't just a mass of tissue. Like one of the doctors said, I mean, the baby, I mean, I saw, you know, you, you could see her, you know, you could see her arm that everything flipping around, sucking her thumb. And I'm like, I don't understand your logic, you know, but, mm-hmm. but anyhow, so it just became this thing where I'm just like, Lord, you know what you terminate roaches and rats, but you are not going to terminate my baby, you know? And, just the verbiage that they used was just ridiculous to me. But I sat there and I just, I, I just had to wait. I was in the hospital for about a month or so. And I just had to wait. And I was just like, finally, I got on the floor in the bathroom hospital. I put a towel down and I just cried out to God. And I said, I need you to show me. And that night when I got back in bed, when I got back in bed and had a dream and the Lord revealed it to me and I woke up and I had so much peace and I went ahead and, um, you know, went through with the procedure and um, and then that procedure turned into something worse. I began to bleed internally. Then I was in the ICU, mm. and and I think you were there at one point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I'll, that seems like such a long time ago, but yeah. Um, and it was just it was just one thing after another, you know. And um, and I really didn't get to process it all until you know um, until I got home. You know, everybody was there to make sure I would stay alive. I had a lot of people praying for me people in other countries, people around the world that I never met because at the time my pastor had stopped service and I literally watched, I was watching online from the hospital and I watched God move heaven and earth on my behalf for me, for somebody like me, you know, and he said, I need a hundred people to fast and pray for surely for three days. And I mean, everybody around the world, people were praying and fasting longer than three days. And it was just such a blessing and such a miracle. And so that's where I get my faith from. When I pray for other people, I always pray that that same faith that everybody used for me during that time, you know, I will walk in that when I pray for other people, because I, I'm, that's the reason why I'm still here. I mean, I know God had a plan, mm-hmm. but it was people, people stopping their lives just for me. And it was just such a one, you know, that was an amazing time for me, um, just with that. But everybody was there during that. But once I got out the hospital, it was just like everybody went back to normal, like instantaneously. Mm. And so it was just like, you know, I want to cry. I want to talk about this. I want to relive this again, you know, with people. Nobody was there, you know, and it was, it's, it's okay. You know, it wasn't that people turned their back on me. It was just that the season that they were supposed to be there for, it was up. You know, and I mm-hmm. saw myself, I literally, Janelle, seen myself going crazy. I saw myself going insane. I seen myself losing my mind and I started crying. And as I, I'm literally scrolling through my phone and I'm trying to text people, reaching out to people, getting ready to call people. Nobody answered. Nobody responded. Mm-hmm. And I remember I heard God so clear. He said, they're not going to respond to you. And I said, what am I supposed to do? He said, turn to me. So I had no mm-hmm. choice but to turn to him and. And then that's where we get into the whole, um, like I said, in, 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 in my chapter of the book. And of course, the chapter of my book is called Expiring Grief. But I had to get to a point where I had to expire grief. I had to put an expiration date on grief or grief was going to expire me. And 
And that applied. That was my mentality for every situation that I've ever lived and that I go through. And I'm still using that for other areas. I haven't overcame every single thing, but most of the stuff I have. But for this situation, I had to put a time limit on it. You know, I had to say, Mm. you know what? Okay, this is the reality of it. She's gone. She's not coming back. I will not see her again until I leave this earth. And, you know, and I'm like, I had to tell myself those hard things, but at first I had to be where I was and that was hurt. You know, that was broken. I didn't want to see other people's kids, especially little girls. I didn't want to see, I did not, Mm -hmm. I still to this day, I haven't been to a baby shower. Um, Just because you just don't want to go through that whole, oh, I know she lost her kids. I wonder how that makes her feel. You know, those type of things. It's like, and I, to be honest, I probably won't go to a baby shower until I have my first child. And I don't, I don't know, you know, and I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. You know, call me selfish, call me whatever, but I'm okay with that. I've learned to just be where I'm at and I owe nobody any explanation, you know, for that. Um, I still give gifts, you know, I, now, I mean, I work with kids, as you know, Janelle, so I absolutely love, I love children and God has used several little girls throughout these years to just, Oh my God, to just fill that void. And so that part of my life is over. I'm not hurting anymore, you know, from her loss. Um, but there are moments where I think about, like, I wonder what she looks like. You know, I majored in dance. I do hair. So I wondered if she would do those things too, you know, um, if she would be athletic like me or hyper like me or goofy. You know, I think about those things. And, you know, when I'm sure when she turns 16, I'm going to be thinking about, is she going to be driving? You know, different things like that. You never stop thinking about her. You never stop celebrating her. Um, But the pain, it just gets easier. You know, when you get to a place where you say, you know what, I'm ready to let this pain down. And sometimes you have to make yourself lay it down. There's not going to be a perfect time where it's like, okay, it's, you know, you know, three years from now is going to be the perfect time. No, but you, sometimes you have to force yourself into creating that perfect time because if you don't man the enemy will ride you in your brain in your feelings in your emotions and you know before you know it you're like a walking zombie you know Mm -hmm. you just existing absolutely yeah and you start developing hateful Mm -hmm. feelings and you know just horrible thoughts and emotions about other people you know you have to get to that place and for me you know, I have um, one of the things that I constantly do almost every single morning is that when I wake up, I just say, you know what? I plead the blood of Jesus over my feelings and my emotions. And I declare that I will not be ran by what I hear, feel, see or think if it all goes against the word of God. And then there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about Christ being the shepherd and bishop of our soul. And we know our soul is comprised of our mind, will, and emotions. And that's something that I always say, you know, when the devil starts making me feel unworthy or he's just like, you know, you'll never have kids. Look at your age and nobody will want you because you've had three marriages and you were this and that. And, you know, I'm like, well, you know what? Christ is a shepherd and bishop of my soul that's comprised of my mind, will, and my emotions. I lay them at his feet and I'm submitted to him. So anything that you tell me. I have to, I I don't even accept it. I plead the blood of Jesus against that. And I did that with my baby. I did that with, you know, just a lot of things in my life. And that's what continues to allow me to press forward every day. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay. Um, So in this, why, when did you realize it was important to share your story? When you called me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, Amen. I mean, you know, I'm goofy, but no, seriously. So I, I've, I've always kind of talked about it, you know, when just in casual conversations with people you meet and they happen to be talking about pregnancies and different things like that. So I've always kind of shared it here and there, not on a, um, 
not like on a on a bigger platform as you know with this book with Ashley um but when when you had mentioned that um to me or whatever I had already been praying even before that and I'm like okay I know I'm supposed to be writing I know I'm supposed to be speaking I know I'm supposed to be doing these things I'm like okay I just need a door open I'm like okay God, I just need mm-hmm. help because I help so many people with their stuff and I'm like Lord I got enough seed in the ground excuse me so I know that if this is something you want me to do, you're going to open up a door and I just need somebody, you know, to help me. And once, once that door gets open, I can do the rest. And sure enough, here you come calling me, you know, Shirley, I talked to, and I'm just like, Oh my God, here we go. And so when mm-hmm. then, and at first I thought it was kind of like, mm-hmm, okay. I mean, I trust you, but you know, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know anybody else. So I'm just thinking like, Hmm, I was like, well, maybe this is just kind of like a little, everybody always says they're going to do something and never, they never follow through. I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when she called me, we clicked within the first second. And I was just like, you could tell mm-hmm. it was a God thing. It was just like, it was yes. just like, I didn't even have, I didn't even feel uncomfortable. It's like, I've known her forever. And I'm like, girl, I want to hug you. Like I, she was so cool, you know? <laughs> and so, um, so from there, she began to tell me the project. And to be honest, I mean, you told me a little bit about it, but then she told me more about it. Cause I'm like, you know, I had to ask her, I said, you know, listen, I said, um, my faith, I'm a, you're, you're asking me what I, what brought me through. And I gotta be honest. I said, I can't tell my story without Christ. So if you're looking for somebody to just tell their story and leave out the big man, I said, I can't, I'm not that person. And she said, no, she said, absolutely mm-hmm. talk about it. I mean, cause the reality is I'm, I am only able, I'm, he pulled me off of my deathbed several times and I'm only here because of him. So I'm like, I have to incorporate him into everything that I do because it's the tr- it's, it's true for me. That's my story. And so um, I didn't, I never thought that God would start my journey out with using this story. Um, it's mm-hmm. not like, you, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit before, um, before the show, but it's not that it wasn't that it's important to me, the pregnancy thing it's just, or the pregnancy loss. It's very important um, and it has its place in my life, um, but it wasn't detrimental or ve- it, it was painful, but it wasn't ultimately traumatic for me like some women. And and I say that not to be insensitive. I think for me, it was because my whole life had been traumatic and I had so many traumatic instances in my life that this was just another one. And so for me, it was more of, this is my life. Nothing good happens for me. Everything bad is supposed to happen to me. So I'm expecting mm-hmm. it, you know, to not. So that was my mentality. So had I had a decent life, a decent upbringing and different things like that, and maybe, you know, and then I had a, a pregnancy loss, it probably would have hurt a little bit more or a little different. But I think once you get so much pain, and so in, in, in the same area, but just different types, you become callous. So you recognize that it's a loss, but you just don't even have space anymore to hurt because you've been broken so much. It just becomes normal for you, if that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> it does make sense. Wow. It's just it's like this is yep. another thing um, yeah. that's happening. Wow. Yeah. So let me um, ask, what do you want others to learn from pregnancy loss? Um, You know, you just, for me, I guess the most important thing is to just be okay where you are, you know, Um, Mm. don't worry about, you know, um, well, so-and-so cried more. I'm not crying. So maybe I don't care as much, you know, don't do the comparison thing or 
they didn't cry as long and I'm crying too long. And, you know, maybe, you know, don't do any of those things. I think it's just important to be where you are because God meets us where we are. And I had, I had mentioned that Mm -hmm. before in the interview, um, several days back with Ashley, you know, if we're telling somebody to meet us at the East side Walmart, but we show up at the North side Walmart, they can't meet us where we are because we're at a different, we're at a different place than what we originally, than where we originally said we would be and where you originally are is in pain. And if that's where you are, that's where God will meet you, you know, and it's okay. I mean, cause I've, mm-hmm. I said it in, in, in part of my chapter, you know, doing during church events when the kids would be dancing and stuff like that, I would just have to force myself to clap. I know how to celebrate others, but I would have to force myself to clap and keep the tears from rolling and look the other way. And I'm like, oh my God, most days I won't even go if I know the kids ministry is ministering. But if I get caught up in that, you know, they just happen to be doing something I didn't know about. And, you know, other people will look, lean over to me and they're like, oh, aren't they so cute? And in my head, I'm like, no, I want to, I want to slap every single mm. one of y'all off this bench and say, wasn't that cute? You know, I'm like, I don't want to hear that. But, you know, I had to deal with that. I had to be honest. I had to be where I am. And I had to say, Lord, I'm not, I'm grateful that they're enjoying their blessings and that you created a wonderful thing, but I don't care. I'm not happy for them right now. You know, you have to be there, Mm -hmm. you know, but even in saying all that, it's still like, but you know what, God, I need you to, to just help, you know, help me in my heart, help give me a different perspective, you know, help, help me in my pain. You don't just say it and leave it there and allow yourself to continue to grow bitter, but you just have to say it and just say, you know, at the end, just like, Lord, but I want you to help me to restore my heart, you know, so that way I could begin to walk in love towards not only you, Lord, but towards myself and towards other people. Because sometimes, you know, I think we get mad at God when stuff like that happens. We forget, you know, he's all great and wonderful when, when we, when we become best-selling authors, Hey, you know, or when, when things mm-hmm. go great, but then when things happen that we don't understand, it's just like, well, why would God do that? You know, and God does all things well. And the main thing that helped me through every single thing, Janelle, is knowing that out of everybody, God knows what it's like to lose a son, you know. And, and so mm-hmm. when I think about that, when I put that in perspective, you know, what his son did for us willingly, he didn't have to do anything. He chose to, you know, he's the greatest example of obedience. And when he chose to die for all of us, you know, God knew what it was like, you know, he knew what it was like to lose a son, you know, and, and I'm like, so, and he loves our kids more than we could ever love them. So I know it has to hurt him, but we, there's always life after death. And so you give yourself mm-hmm. a time limit. You say, I am going to hurt and I'm going to allow myself and it's okay if I hurt. And there's some days you're wonderful. And there's some days where you just break down crying in the middle of the store. I've done that you know, but you give yourself, okay, God, I'm not going to let this thing consume me because I still have to live. I have a purpose. I have an assignment and there's other people. I am someone's answer. And so I need to keep Mm -hmm. moving forward. So that's what I would just say. That is amazing. I think that's really good just to keep moving forward and not, you know, one, be where you are. It's okay to identify where you are being there, not trying to rush that process. And then two, also understanding the importance of continuing to move because it's it's when we don't move is what trap us. I have a couple more questions for you. So let us know what's up next for me. Well, I have several speaking engagements lined up um, and I have more interviews. So I'm excited about that, but I do have, um, I'm actually currently working on my book, which will be out at the beginning of 21. 2021. Oh, that sounds so weird. 2021. 
<laughs> um, and it's it'll it's entitled "How Are You Still Standing?" Mm. Yep. Perfect. And we just said Absolutely. that, like, and you're still standing. So that's like Absolutely. kind of perfect. So make sure you are connected with Shirley and you're actually following her so you can continue on the journey because it's all it's going to free so many people who dealt with any type of abuse or rejection. Um, so make sure you follow her. And speaking of that, how can people? Oh, Janelle, you know I suck at social media. <laughs> So I am on I am on Instagram, um, but I oftentimes forget my <laughs> Instagram name. But because I because I am a thyroid cancer, um, I don't want to say survivor. I am Victoria, so that is my name on um, Instagram. Thyroid cancer victorious, um, but it's still under boldly Shirley Elise, and that's what I am on Facebook. Boldly Shirley Elise, um, and that's S H I R um, hyphen. Well apostrophe l-e-e and then elise e-l-e-s-s-e but um a lot of people like to reach me via email which is boldly shirley elise at gmail.com wow well there you have it we are wrapping up our interview with miss shirley please make sure you continue to follow her on this magnificent journey. I am so excited that we hit the best list with our new book. Don't struggle in silence. Make sure you grab that book on Amazon. Again, it's don't struggle in silence. I am a Victor where we are talking about pregnancy loss and more importantly, how we've overcame pregnancy loss. Thank you so much for for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you. Yes. Here. And we are going to end this. Again, you're listening to Girl, You Got This podcast. Um, We're doing the Don't Struggle in Silence. I call it now the author's edition. So thank thank you you so much for being here. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Don't be hanging up there, girl. All right. That was so good. Yeah, you sound so good. I'm proud of you. You sound really nice. Thank you. Girl, I had to get my little... uh, Sasha, oh! Sasha Peter's voice. <laughs> That's stupid. Got one. Yes, girl. Eleven o'clock. But I have a thank you, girl. It's yeah. This okay. Girl, amen. <laughs> but um, I'll see you. I'll um see you once I'm done editing. Um, and the flyers come back. I'll send you all that. Via okay. How long do you think that's going to take? Because I told I told them I, after the um interview that I will let them know when around when mm-hmm. it'll be available. Um, it depends on when she finished the flyers. I can definitely send the, the audio today, but I need her to finish the flyer today. Too, okay. So right. I'll let you know. Um, so yeah, cause the audio don't, all I gotta do is just cut the front okay. out and the end. And okay. All right. We'll go from there. All, all right, right, girl. I'll send love it to you. you. Bye-bye. All right. Love. Okay. It worked that time. Okay. So, um, when you use anchor, um, it immediately starts recording. I was like, give me a chance to, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Get prepared. Because you do want to spend, huh? I said, give, it don't give you a chance to prepare. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you can edit it out, though. So, because it, um, because when you start to talk to your guests, you want to, you want to spend, like, a couple minutes just talking and, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, you can edit it out. So, that, so you know, do you think I fine. should do it on Anchor or should I do it on Zoom? I think you should do it on Anchor um, until you get your um, 
outro intro. Oh, okay. Yes, Anchor is fine. It actually is a really nice platform because everything is in one. Like you don't have to do every, you know, you don't have to download and all that stuff. So yeah. it's a really nice platform. So, yep. Okay. All right. All right, Nee. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Welcome to Janelle Jones Empowerment Podcast. We're here to help you know, love, be, and live your dream life. We talk about reaching your dreams and all that's in between. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey, y'all. Hey, it's your girl, Janelle Jones with Janelle Jones and Powers. And you know what time it is. You are tuned into Girl, You Got This podcast. Thank you all for being here. As always, I appreciate you. Today, we're going to talk about Girl, What the F Have You Faced? I want to take a personal story of how I overcame fear. Don't forget, we're doing a fear series throughout the month of May. And if you have not already, go get that book on Amazon called F Fear, How to Unmask and Overcome Fear. It's currently $3.99 under the Kindle version, so make sure you grab it. So when I scan my life, I really think about the most horrific time that I had faced with fear. Now, don't get me wrong. I face fear probably almost every day. Anytime you're entering something that's unknown, fear arises. So when I got my degree, when I went to school, when I went to college, when I do a new job interview, when I leave a job, when I start a new promotion, when I start a new entrepreneur adventure, all that causes fear. And we know that fear necessarily doesn't mean a bad part of a thing, but it does create and can cause you to be stuck and debilitated. But I want to take you through my mind where I had the most horrific time with fear. It was many years ago where I had to face a custody battle with my ex-husband. At the end of the day, it really wasn't about our kids. It was really seemed like getting back at each other. And during this time, I was just so afraid of losing my children, disconnecting their relationship. What is this going to look like with my job? All this other stuff. When I tell you this battle was so horrific, it was almost like Jerry Springer and Maury Povich's mix. It was crazy. But I didn't know how to get past that. And I was afraid. I was afraid of what was being told about me. The lies that were being told about me. I was afraid of what would people think about me. How would this impact my future? Will I have a future? Would I have a relationship with my kids? How all this would take place? I woke up a lot of times anxious and nightmares and sweats. Could not sleep because it bombarded my mind. Every day I thought about this. It was like constantly on my mind. I am thankful that during that time I was in a church and I was very, very connected. And it allowed me to go through that process. But this fear had me so debilitated that I was going to contemplate or I contemplated suicide. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where we was going to go. And more than that, these were my babies that I was dealing with. And people were just saying stuff and doing things that had absolutely no truth to them. 
Where is God? I wonder how would I will avail? How would I get through this? How would I move forward from this? How or when will this end? I almost felt like it never did. So that was another fear. I wanted to end. I can't see this five, 10 years from now. If this goes on this long, what am I going to do with my life or myself? There's so much I've done and sacrificed for my kids. And now it seemed like it's erupted because someone is lying. How do I move forward? So in this instance, I was able to move forward really by depending on God. And God taught me not to make myself a reputation that all at the end of the day, all of that, all the truth will come out. I had to rest in that and I had to lean on God and I had to lean on that scripture. And I know you heard this in several podcasts. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love in a disciplined mind. I had to rest in that. I had to believe that and meditate on that like my life depended on it because my life depended on it. So I want to encourage you today to make sure you're taking action to face fear because in those moments I kept moving as much as it hurt and as painful as it was, I still moved. I went on to get my associate's degree then my bachelor's degree, then my master's degree. And I ultimately went on to become an entrepreneurship who helped other women and teach them how to take their purpose and turn it into prosperity. Thank you all for listening today. I want you to know that you have the ability to overcome fear. You have the ability to get you through what you need to. Even if it's something small in the daily activities of your life, You can do it because you got this. Thank you for tuning in to Janelle Jones Empowerment Podcast. Please be sure to visit our website at JanelleJonesEmpowers.com. That's Janelle, J-A-N-E-L-L, JonesEmpowers.com. There you'll be able to sign up for free information to help you live out your dreams. Welcome to Janelle Jones Empowerment Podcast. We're here to help you know, love, be, and live your dream life. We talk about reaching your dreams and all that's in between. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey, y'all. Hey, it's your girl, Janelle Jones with Janelle Jones and Powers. And you know what time it is. You are tuned into Girl, You Got This podcast. Thank you all for being here. As always, I appreciate you. Today, we're going to talk about, girl, what the F have you faced? I want to take a personal story of how I overcame fear. Don't forget, we're doing a fear series throughout the month of May. And if you have not already, go get that book on Amazon called F Fear, How to Unmask and Overcome Fear. It's currently $3.99 under the Kindle version, so make sure you grab it. So when I scan my life, I really think about the most horrific time that I had faced with fear. Now, don't get me wrong. I face fear probably almost every day. Anytime you're entering something that's unknown, fear arises. 
So when I got my degree, when I went to school, when I went to college, when I do a new job interview, when I leave a job, when I start a new promotion, when I start a new entrepreneur adventure, all that causes fear. And we know that fear necessarily doesn't mean a bad part of a thing, but it does create and can cause you to be stuck and debilitated. But I want to take you through my mind where I had the most horrific time with fear. It was many years ago where I had to face a custody battle with my ex-husband. At the end of the day, it really wasn't about our kids. It was really seemed like getting back at each other. And during this time, I was just so afraid of losing my children, disconnecting their relationship. What is this going to look like with my job? All this other stuff. When I tell you this battle was so horrific, it was almost like Jerry Springer and Maury Povich's mix. It was crazy. But I didn't know how to get past that. And I was afraid. I was afraid of what was being told about me. The lies that were being told about me. I was afraid of what would people think about me. How would this impact my future? Will I have a future? Would I have a relationship with my kids? How all this would take place? I woke up a lot of times anxious and nightmares and sweats. Could not sleep because it bombarded my mind. Every day I thought about this. It was like constantly on my mind. I am thankful that during that time I was in a church and I was very, very connected. And it allowed me to go through that process. But this fear had me so debilitated that I was going to contemplate or I contemplated suicide. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where we was going to go. And more than that, these were my babies that I was dealing with. And people were just saying stuff and doing things that had absolutely no truth to them. Where is God? I wonder how would I will avail? How would I get through this? How would I move forward from this? How or when will this end? I almost felt like it never did. So that was another fear I wanted to end. I can't see this five, 10 years from now. If this goes on this long, what am I going to do with my life or myself? There's so much I've done and sacrificed for my kids. And now it seems like it's erupted because someone is lying. How do I move forward? So in this instance, I was able to move forward really by depending on God. And God taught me not to make myself a reputation that all at the end of the day, all of that, all the truth will come out. I had to rest in that and I had to lean on God and I had to lean on that scripture. And I know you heard this in several podcasts. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love in a disciplined mind. I had to rest in that. I had to believe that and meditate on that like my life depended on it because my life depended on it. So I want to encourage you today to make sure you're taking action to face fear because in those moments I kept moving as much as it hurt and as painful as it was, I still moved. I went on to get my associate's degree then my bachelor's degree, then my master's degree. And I ultimately went on to become an entrepreneurship who helped other women and teach them how to take their purpose and turn it into prosperity. Thank you all for listening today. I want you to know that you have the ability to overcome fear. You have the ability to get you through what you need to. Even if it's something small in the daily activities of your life, 
You can do it because you got this. Thank you for tuning in to Janelle Jones Empowerment Podcast. Please be sure to visit our website at JanelleJonesEmpowers.com. That's Janelle, J-A-N-E-L-L, JonesEmpowers.com. There you'll be able to sign up for free information to help you live out your dreams.